created, so you're welcome to pull out your phones and follow along in new version. And I invite Pastor Rick to come forward and to bring us the message today. Well, good morning. Um, you're not supposed to sing real loud, but you can actually talk. Good morning. Yeah, see, I knew there were some folks, a few folks here. It is great to be with all of you who are here, and I'm stealing this from one of the bishops I work with. I am, it's great to be with all of you who are here, but it is also great to be with all of you who are here. Because through the power of God's Holy Spirit, it doesn't matter where we are. The Bible says actually where two or more are gathered in God's name, there is God in their presence. And I believe that God uses and allows um, this situation that we live in now um, of social media and, and, and YouTube and, and Facebook and, and all of the things that we're doing to be able to come together as the church, the the church that God created. I believe that God is using that in uniting us. So if you're at home, you are with us. If you are here, you are with us. And we thank God for that. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, either because of me or in spite of me. Use my words that we might be challenged and encouraged to be better people serving you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I don't know about y'all, but I get tired sometimes. Not necessarily physically tired, but tired. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, not physically tired, you really got energy, but you're just tired. Now, the word my mom would use was called weary. She'd just look at me and, and she really didn't do anything that day, but she just said, I'm, I'm weary. Well, the last several months seems like years rather than months to me. And, and I get weary of being told that I have to wear a mask. I continue to get overwhelmed by the constant barrage of news. I sometimes feel as if it's never going to end, and that I am on a never-ending roller coaster ride, and not the fun ones. Am I alone? Or are there some of y'all out there that feel that way also? The reality is, is that we are not the first to feel this way. There have been many disasters. I've had the opportunity to work and, and be in disaster response with many of them in my career as a pastor. There was 9-11, there was Katrina, there were disasters in Florida, Tennessee, Texas, Maryland, Delaware, and now we're in the middle of what I want to call a health disaster. The one thing I've seen through all of them is that early on in the disaster, people tend to become united. They work for the common good. They, they love each other and, and, and they're nice to each other. But as time goes on, they lose sight of who is in control of the situation. And while they might love each other, sometimes they don't act that way. While they might be concerned for each other, 
um, they enter into what I call disaster fatigue. In our epistle reading today, we find Paul speaking to the church. Um, and we find Paul speaking to a church that I believe may be dealing with some of the same feelings that some of us may be feeling like today. In Romans 8:26, Scripture says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And He, and he knows and searches our hearts, and He knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. You see, the people in Rome were struggling, looking for hope and direction. Paul reminds them that even though they don't have the words to pray, the Holy Spirit will intercede for them. So have you all ever been there? Have you ever been to that place where you just don't know what way to go? You don't know what words to say? You don't know how to speak or pray or do anything? Well, I'm here to tell you, instead of getting discouraged, be encouraged. Because God's Word promises that the Spirit will intercede for us when we don't know how to pray. God knows what we need. And God's Spirit will intercede. He also reminds them of that they are in God's economy. Now that's a, a, an old phrase, and I think you've all heard me say that before. It comes from my seminary training. A, a former professor here at Vanderbilt was at Wesley Theological when I was a student. And he used to talk about God's economy versus man's economy. And he said that sometimes we just need to forget about man's economy and begin to live in God's economy. You see, because God's economy is a place where there is fulfillment and joy and peace. God's understanding of life and, uh, and, and, and riches is completely different than ours. So Paul reminds him in verse 28, he says, And we know that in all things God works for good for those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. So what then do we say of things like this? This week, I wrote an article to be published actually next week for our United Methodist Men. And in it, I suggested that there are a few practical things that we can do when we are faced with struggles similar to what we are facing today. Number one, I believe we need to start exercising some. Now, before you freak out on me and say, you don't get it, I don't exercise. Everybody can do something. And for many of us, and, and me included, especially as hot and humid as it's been, just simple walks will change your mindset. When you get frustrated, God has created us in such a way that when we walk or, or when we just do a little bit of exercise, our body reduce, releases endorphins which change our attitude. So just simply doing something. 
walking one block gives us a sense of accomplishment, that we have done something even when we don't think we can. Walking upstairs and downstairs a couple times or, or just going around the, uh, the corner to see a neighbor will give us a sense of accomplishment. And that exercise will give us an opportunity to maybe boost a little bit of our endorphins and, and change our, our attitude. Number two, talk it out. Talk it out with a trusted friend. Now, you know... I, I, I get it. We, we live in a place that we're always concerned about being thrown under the bus. We're always concerned about whether or not what we say is going to, to get out to somebody else. Sometimes it's hard for us to be totally and openly honest in the way that we feel and the struggles that we have. But you know what? Christian relationship. John Wesley called it Christian conferencing. A place where we can get together with someone who we trust and love. Someone who we, who we believe will be there no matter what. And take time to talk it out. Take time to talk it out and let folks know that it's okay to say we're struggling. I reminded Mark Barrow uh, a couple weeks ago as, as we were meeting for a meeting, I take care of about 4.3 million men around the world. That is what our ministry reaches with United Methodist Men. Men have a hard time going to someone and saying, I'm struggling. But you know what? through this pandemic thing that we've been going through and, and having conversations with folks, I've come to understand that, that women also are having a hard time admitting that they're struggling. So go find a trusted friend, someone you can talk with, and just let them know what's on your heart. Number three, constructive thinking. Constructive thinking means thinking more positively, more compassionately, of yourself and others. I'll be honest with you. I am trying a new fast these days. I am fasting 22 hours a day from news. It's messing up the way I think. It's making me cynical. It's making me frustrated. It makes me look at others in ways that I don't want to look at them. So what I'm finding is I don't... I, I, I take one hour a day to check out the news because I need to be informed about what's going on. I believe we as, as Christians need to be informed of what's going on in the world. But as soon as we allow that to just control our heads, then suddenly we stop being compassionate with ourselves and we stop being compassionate with others. And it leads us to a place, or at least it leads me to a place, that I just don't want to be anymore. Where I choose to be is my fourth suggestion. A place where I am exercising mindfulness and gratitude. I'm trying to live in the moment and be thankful for the blessings that God has given me. And I would encourage you to do that. You know, it's hard. 
It's hard to be living in the moment and being thankful for what God is giving you and being frustrated. The two just aren't compatible. So as I spend time in God's Word, as I've looked at the, the suggestions that, that Paul was giving the people in Rome and, and, Rome and, 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 and the situations, I, I came to understand that sometimes things just happen. And yeah, that is kind of a cleaned up way of saying what people have said for a long time. Sometimes things just happen. But you know what? The great thing is that God is there. When things just happen, God is there. It was either Cal or Constance, not too terribly long ago, said to me that I was old as a dinosaur. They're teaching me. They're teaching me. So back in the days that the dinosaurs were on the face of the earth, and I actually took a dinosaur-driven taxi to church, there was a guy that used to sing a song at revivals that I would attend. And, and the first verse of it said, God never promised that here on earth life would be carefree and full of mirth. And, and I was challenged by that. And you know what? As I have gotten into the post-prehistoric period now, I've come to understand that nowhere in Scripture did God say that we wouldn't be challenged. Nowhere in Scripture did God say that, that this journey that we live was going to be carefree without trouble and trial. But what God did say is that He would be there. And because God is there, we need to, to depend on God's direction, on God's strength to get through it. This is what Paul suggested to the people in Rome. He said, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us at all. How will He not also, along with Him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No! In all of these things we are more than conquerors, through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor the present, nor the future, nor the powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, folks, God's got a plan. And there is nothing that comes against us that will cause God's plan not to be lived out in our lives except us. Huh? What did you just say? God has a plan. And there is nothing in earth and or above earth that will stop that plan in our lives except 
us. Because God has given us free will. We can choose not to follow God's plan for us. But once we do, then we have cheated ourselves, we have cheated God, and we have cheated the world. I know. I know that this has been trying. And it's not just COVID. It's jobs. It's, it's health. It's death. All of this has challenged us. But remember, God has a plan. God does not throw us under the bus. God loves us. God wants the best of us. God has a plan. Do you remember a few moments ago I said that I choose to live in mindfulness and gratitude? One of the best places that I have been able to find that helps me see how to do that is Psalm 105. Psalm 105 says, Give praise to the Lord. Proclaim His name. Make known among the nations of what He has done. Sing to Him songs of praise. Tell Him all, tell all His wonderful acts. Glorify glory in His holy name. Let the hearts of those who speak the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord with His strength. Seek His face always. Remember the wonders of He has done, His miracles and His judgments He pronounced. You, His servants, the descendants of Abraham, His chosen ones, the children of Jacob. He is Lord, our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He remembers His covenant forever. His promise He made for a thousand generations. The covenant He made with Abraham, the oath He swore to Isaac, He confirmed it to Jacob as a decree, to Israel as an everlasting covenant. To you, He said, I will give the land of Cana as a portion you will inherit. God has made covenant with God's people and God does not break the covenant. God is with us. God's promise is that He will be with us. There is nothing that will stop that. And as hard as it is, as weary as we become, as much as we struggle, we must continue to go ahead. We must continue to choose to praise God. Things will happen. But God is bigger than those things. When faced with hard times, when things just happen, it helps us to refocus on the One who knew us even before we were born. Remember the ways God has gotten us through and remember that God's purpose and promise for you and for me and for the world has never changed. Remember, my friends, to love and to be loved. 
to live and to serve. In 1943, a young pastor was offered the opportunity to take over a popular gospel radio program called The Songs in the Night. Since the cost of keeping the program on air was rather, rather high, the pastor, who had a large vision to reach people with the gospel, told his board that he would be willing to forego part of his salary to help defray the costs involved. The suggestion was eventually accepted by the board. The young pastor then approached a well-known gospel singer, requesting him to sing and lead the choir on the program. After initially trying to back out, the singer eventually agreed to help out. That decision would change the course of his life and ministry forever. He later said, It was the beginning, the humble beginning, of an unbelievable journey. It was exciting to be part of something wonderful unfolding. The gospel singer was George Beverly Shea, and the young pastor's name was Billy Graham. It's amazing how God leads us when we just do what God has placed before us. The end of uh, excuse me, the end of 2019. I never dreamt we would be where we are today. But we have two choices. We can move ahead, as we're reminded in Paul. We can remember that God has a plan, or we can stop. John Piper put it this way, Life is not a straight line leading from one blessing to the next, and finally to heaven. Life is a winding and troubled road, switchback after switchback. And the point of biblical stories like Ruth and others helps us feel that in our bones and not just in our heads that God is for us. God is not just showing up as trouble happens to clean up, but God is going through the trouble with us. God is making a new path so that we can go down it, that God is there. My friends, sometimes I get weary. Sometimes I still get weary. But when I do, I am reminded that the God who created me and loved me and was there throughout all of my life thus far is still the God that is here with me now. Things just happen. But God is bigger. In John Wesley's words, toward the end of his life, he said this, The best of it all is, God is with us. You are loved. Now go love others. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
We have been praying for 91 days plus. I've lost track of when we, when we moved to it, but, but we continue to pray for beyond 91 days now. Psalm 91. And I would encourage you to do that because it helps, I believe, with helping us being mindful and living in the moment. So I would invite you to pray with me. Psalm 91. Lord, thank You for the rest that comes when I choose to live in Your shelter. I declare You alone are my refuge, my place of safety. You are my God. I trust in You. I pray You will protect me and my family from coronavirus. I pray You will cover me and shelter me. I thank You for Your faithful promises that remind me that You will protect me. Help me not be afraid of all that I hear and see. Help me not to dread the virus that is terrorizing the world. Lord, many are sick and more are fearful and anxious. I pray for protection for me, my family, my church, my community, my city, my state, my country, my continent, and my world. I pray, Lord, as I make You my refuge, that no evil will conquer us, nor come near our home. I pray for protection by Your angels wherever I go. Lord, I love You. I trust You. Please rescue and protect me. Thank you for answering when I call. Thank you for being with me in trouble. Thank you for salvation and the hope of heaven. And if this is the prayer of your heart, I would invite you and all of God's people to say, Amen. And now, my friends, let's spend a moment Reflecting on God's love, God's reckless love that covers us, goes with us, and protects us.
God promised us that the Holy Spirit would be with us throughout our entire lives. We're reminded that the Holy Spirit is with us even when things just happen. God is there protecting us. Know that you are loved. Even though those words come beyond a mass, that seems to be the way that we're doing it these days. But know that you are loved. No matter if our faces are shadowed by a mask or if you can see our faces, we are loved. As much as we try to hide from that, there is no mask that will hide the fact that God loves us. So as you go forth into this week, know that things will happen, but God is there. Know that things will happen, but God has a plan. Take care of yourself. Take time to talk, to be compassionate, and to live in the moment. Go forth to serve God in all that you do. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, go, be Christ. And know that, as John Wesley said, the best is God is with us.